That sound is going to be familiar to any parent of a teenager. Whether it's the result of an argument or just a feeling that you're slowly drifting apart, that feeling of being shut out by your teenager is an overwhelmingly common one for a lot of parents. I worry that they only see us like, hi mum, bye mum, that sort of thing. so hard to sort of hear something that happened and then go, hang on, I had no idea that you were even doing that or you even had that friend. But despite how awful it can feel at the time, getting shut out by your teenager is a normal, everyday part of being a parent. But there are a few things you can do to make it a little less painful and a little less prone to starting arguments while you're watching your child grow from a dependent child through to an independent adult. My name is Paul Nicholson and welcome to episode two of Partners in Parenting. In this episode, we'll be looking at how to manage that normal feeling of being shut out by your teenager. We'll chat to parents who have gone through the feeling of being on the other side of that slamming door and what strategies and techniques they use to overcome it and reconnect with their teenagers. We'll talk to our experts about why your teen might be shutting you out and how to negotiate your child's drive for their growing independence versus your role as a parent of keeping them out of harm's way. And we'll give you some things to think about when you're developing the changing relationship between you as a parent and your teenager. If you're feeling like your teenager's shutting you out of their life and you've got no idea how to weasel your way back in, that's a common feeling amongst parents of teenagers. And it's okay if you feel like your teenager wants nothing to do with you. In fact, I'm sure most of us can remember trying to have as little to do with our parents as possible when we were teenagers. The fact of the matter is, though, as we discussed in the last episode, that your job as a parent of a teenager is still to help your not-quite-child, not-quite-adult start to develop the skills to navigate the world on their own, as well as keeping them out of harm's way when you feel like they're encountering a situation they're not quite equipped to deal with yet. How do you do that when your kid won't even look at you? We caught up with our parent participants to see what they went through with their own teenagers. Mum of two, Julia, says that sometimes getting one-on-one time to be involved in her children's lives can be a bit of a struggle, especially when electronics are involved. I'm always trying to get quality time with them because they're really, they're quite remote from you. I remember when I was in school, they used to tell us your friends will become the most important things to you when you're teenagers, and it really does. I worry that it's so easy for video gaming and stuff like that to sort of take up so much of their time that they only see us like, hi, mum, bye, mum, that sort of thing. And Laura, who last episode explained how she felt like she didn't even realise that her children weren't children anymore, talks about how sometimes she felt like she wasn't being a good parent in being connected enough with her kids. So hard to sort of, I don't know, hear something that happened and then go, hang on, I had no idea that you were even doing that or you even had that friend. So from when they're little and you're managing every day their activities, what they have for lunch, what they wear, to all of a sudden looking back and going, oh, I didn't even know that you liked this activity or this show or, or were friends with this person. So why does this shutting out happen? Last episode, we introduced Associate Professor Marie Yap from Monash University, who developed the Partners in Parenting program a free award-winning and evidence-based parenting program that's designed to help you raise your teenagers with confidence. She says that the feeling of growing distance between a parent and their teenager, like Julia and Laura felt, is completely normal and even a necessary part of your child becoming a teenager. 
but it can still come as a shock to a lot of parents. It's not uncommon for parents or teenagers to feel shut out by their teen. It can also be quite common even in families where the parent and child could have had a really close relationship throughout the child's childhood. And then there's this drastic change, you know, over the course of a few months perhaps. And suddenly it's like, oh, my child's more interested in hanging out with their friends on the weekends than on spending one-on-one time with me, which we used to do, you know, that kind of thing. So why do we feel that growing distance? Thankfully, it's not because as we age, we become too old and uncool for our teenagers to deal with, despite what they might tell us. Instead, it's more about teenagers practicing the skills they need to learn in order to become an independent adult, as Marie's colleague at Monash University, psychologist and researcher Dr. Mairead Cardamone-Breen explains. Essentially, the whole task of adolescence, what young people need to do is move from being very dependent on their parents, as they are as children, through to being fully independent adults. And adolescence is sort of the time in between where that's being, you know, figured out and negotiated. So adolescents need to start gradually spending more time away from the family, less time depending on their parents, talking with their parents, and more time being sort of more dependent on their peers. So it's really not just normal but absolutely necessary for adolescents to start moving away from their parents gradually and spending more time outside of the family home. This shutting out that parents are experiencing is actually their teenager's brain saying, hey mum, hey dad, our relationship needs to change. I'm actually going to start trying to navigate the world on my own right now. But sitting underneath that for a lot of parents is the grief and hurt that being shut out by their teenagers can cause. After all, as a parent, you are your child's whole life for a long time. And now, they're going to start living without so much of your influence. As Laura explains, the point at which you find out something you didn't know about your child can make you question if you're even a very good parent at all. Feeling a bit like, oh, have I not been paying attention? Have I done something wrong here because I should know these these things? And um, feeling disconnected, yeah, and feeling like that was probably something I needed to make more of an effort to be more connected. It can be hard to let our kids take that next step towards ultimately leaving the nest. Marie says it can present a real moment of introspection for a lot of parents. That can actually be really sad and possibly even hurtful for some parents. Obviously, their relationship with their child would be so valuable and so important to them. So I think it's really important for parents to remember that more often than not, that shutting out is not intentional. Of course, if you've had ongoing conflict with your teen and they're shutting you out, then that could be you know, a result of the conflict, which then needs to be managed to hopefully mend the relationship a bit. But for a lot of parents, that feeling of being shut out by their teen, which they had not you know, had to, to face or contend with prior to adolescence is, is common and can be really challenging because it's try, trying to work out. So, so how much does my child still want me to be involved in their life? There are some parents who actually do, do get quite desperate, right? Because they really want to be able to stay close to their, their teen during the teenage years. So where's the balance? How do we stay involved enough in our teen's life to guide them through learning how to be an adult? while we give them enough freedom for them to learn how to be independent. Well, to start with, let's clear one thing up. Your advice and your guidance is still likely to be extremely important to your teenager. We know from lots of research that teenagers tell us, yes, our parents are still very important to us when we have problems. Yes, we still go to them. Yes, we still rely on them. And yes, friends are important, but 
parents are still up there. And that's based on a national survey that's conducted by Mission Australia every single year. And parents are right there on the top. And this is for young people aged 15 to 19 in Australia. So parents haven't lost their importance. So even though they feel emotionally cut off um, or shut out by their teens, the teens still need them. They just won't tell you. Last episode, we heard from Laura about how she was bothered by the growing distance between herself and her three teenagers, which led her to Marie and Marade's PIP parenting program. One thing that she found helped with this was knowing her kids did still need her, but just being more aware of when her daughters and her son were ready to seek her advice. I tried making the most of the opportunities when they were ready to talk to me rather than trying to expect conversation when I was interested in it. I realised that was not going to happen. And that's really hard, right, because that means you have to sacrifice maybe your own schedule or routine because I'd be just about to go and do something, then I'd see that my teenager would sit down and look like they were ready to have a conversation about something and I'd have to go and tell myself in my head, This is a moment that you need to not do what you need to do and you need to be able to listen to this because you probably won't get this moment again. And it can be a bit frustrating and then I'd have to deal with that frustration in my brain going, oh, you know, I really wanted to do this thing. Why don't you ever want to talk to me when it suits me? But then just making that choice. Well, is it important for me to sit down and have this conversation? Am I going to regret it if I don't? Of course. So you just do some deep breaths and I think I I spoke to some other friends about it, how you sort of have to just, you know, calm yourself, get yourself in the zone and go, no, shut out these other things, focus on this moment now because this is important. And they do really show you what's important, I think, if you pay attention, but it's about then switching your routine to go, yeah, I'm going to make the most of this moment. And Laura found that that was much more successful than trying to force her children to have a conversation on her terms. If you force it, it, it doesn't get you anywhere. If I try and say, come on, tell me about this thing, I need to know. I got an email from your teacher, I need you to explain what happened. No way are we going to get anywhere with that. Whereas if I go, you know, at some point I'd really like to find out what happened at school and why I got this email and then, you know, maybe that happens, they volunteer at some point down the track. Julia, on the other hand, prefers a captive audience with her boys. If I want to talk to them, talk to them in the car, So that if we're having a a conversation or sometimes even when we're in the car, I remember that Pip likes you to talk to them in the car. So I start some difficult conversation or not even a difficult conversation, but what do you like to do and all those sorts of things. Kim also finds the value of just shooting the breeze with her kids when they're ready to have a chat. I make time for the kids individually and it's not a set time, it's not a routine because they are so individual and they have their different needs and and wants, I just find that time or they come and find me. My 14-year-old, absolutely huge thinker, very deep thinker. We get into conversations about politics, Donald Trump, biogenetics, all of this sort of stuff, but I can't get him to do his homework on time. But he'll come and find me. But I see the cues. With him, he will hang around and not really say anything. He'll be quiet, but wherever I am, he's just a little shadow and I'll just look at him and I think, what do you want? (laughs) I'm actually at school at the moment. I'm studying community services and he loves the topics about it. So he'll just ask me about my schoolwork 
and what I'm doing. I'll explain it to him. And then he'll just start asking me questions. One thing leads to another. You know, I find it really important to have that one-on-one time, no matter how short it is. You can have quality time with your kids, even in two minutes, five minutes. But I think the most important thing is knowing who they are individually, what their likes and dislikes are, what they're going through individually, and sharing about yourself with them. And then they also learn to ask questions or to be interested and curious as well. So, so yeah, we have some crazy conversations. We really do. But they're brilliant. They're brilliant. And I love, I especially love, and I'll let them know, I love their perspective on things. It can be easy to get into the zone of every interaction with your teen being negative. Pick up your dirty socks. Get the dirty dishes in the dishwasher. Uh, Why didn't you hand in your homework on time? But all of the parents who went through the PIP program that we've interviewed say that the biggest change to the distance they felt with their teenagers came when they showed a genuine interest in their teen as a human being, their likes, their dislikes and their opinions. Mairead and Tony agree with that too. In terms of the relationship, you want to still be spending time with them, not necessarily sort of grilling them every day about what's happening, but just spending regular time together, doing things, find out what they're interested in, what they like doing and spend time doing that. You ask them, you know, how how their day been, show an interest in what they've been doing, show an interest in who their friends are, how's things going at school, not being intrusive about it all, just showing, look, I'm really interested in your life. You know, eating dinner together as a family, having conversations together. Tony says that putting in the groundwork now can really help if your teenager does have problems later on. So that communication is kept open just as part of the routine of life. And, you know, keeping that going from early childhood, so they're always the avenue there, so that if there are difficulties, there is that vehicle to raise them. It becomes very difficult if those regular channels aren't there. And for Julia, who spoke about her son's tough times last episode, having that open line of communication was critical when they were trying to help him through. My son was involved in all sorts of drugs and not going to school and from night to night we didn't know where he was. That was devastating, absolutely devastating. I think whenever we had contact with him, he expected us to say, you know, you need to come home, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And through PIP, we got the courage, I guess, to let him be in charge of his own life and let things play out. He eventually did come home. He has to come home when he was 17. So that was really good. But it was a tough couple of years and PIP helped us through because at least when we were having contact with him, we weren't having arguments. Without PIP, we would have had contact with him and it would have degraded into arguments within seconds because we would have wanted to manage him and he wanted to manage himself. When we did have contact with him, we maintained contact with him. The contact was fairly benign, not arguments and stuff like that. And if it did descend into an argument, we would just say, let's just cut it off here. So really Pip helped us maintain and build on a relationship I don't, I don't know where we would be with my son today if we had gone the old route where we had to continually assert ourselves and dominate him as parents. As we've emphasised right throughout this episode, this is not an easy line to walk between keeping a firm handle on what your teenagers are up to versus letting them develop their own independence. 
But as our parents and our experts have said, it's important to keep the lines of communication open between yourself and your teen so that you can be there when they need you. For parents like Anna, this can be a bit of a confronting situation when they ask themselves, would I want to talk to someone who spoke to me like I speak to my teenager? I used to think, oh, it's not me, it's all the kids. But then I realised it wasn't. It was me as well. <laughs> it's like, I was like, oh, what, what could possibly, what could I be doing wrong? And I realised, oh, actually, there's a lot that I could do differently. And things that I think are just normal. I didn't think about how I acted to something. I thought that was just what you do. Well, maybe that wasn't the best way. And it wasn't for some ways. And so it just made me, I guess, humility, you know, you don't know it all. And stop being such a knoll because that was not helping my family dynamic. You know, and then the, parent, the kids would think you're bossy, you know, da da da. Um, so that was, that was really helpful. I felt it was really quite, it was really liberating finding this different way because sometimes you're just knocking your head against the wall going, this is horrible, it's not working. But then when you read something, you go, actually, you know what, there is a better way and you just have to take that on board. Let's try that. And it was really quite eye-opening. Marie also suggests finding out more about what your child would like the boundaries in your relationship to be, rather than assuming the worst. Because as we've already heard, your child needs you often more than they're letting on. What parents can do is to find new ways of maintaining connection with their teens. And oftentimes that is actually an outright negotiation with their teen, you know. So you'd be, you know, actually finding out from them, when would you be comfortable with me showing you physical affection? When can I put my arm over your shoulder? When can I give you a little nudge or brush your hair as an expression of affection? Oftentimes teens will say, never, ever in front of my friends. But, you know, if we're just at home, sitting on the couch, watching a movie, of course, you know, that's fine. Finding the new boundaries, you know, that the, the young person's comfortable with, actually having those conversations can be quite fun for, for some families because there's strange conversations to be had, especially if you, you're used to interacting a certain way throughout childhood. But that's actually really valuable. And you probably will have to have those conversations over the years with your teenager because their opinion might change when they start having a romantic partner or something, you know, that there will be certain other differences that you might need to respect as well. So actually keeping that conversation open is probably quite critical as opposed to just drawing assumptions just because suddenly your teenager is not wanting to be as close to you as they used to. And Marie says there's plenty of resources in PIP that can help you with building or rebuilding the relationship with your teenager. So the first module that talks about connect, connecting with your teen, it has some of those tips around instead of getting really upset and hurt and frustrated and say, you know, you're just not talking to me anymore. You know, like, why are you shutting me out to actually kind of turn that around and go, I really miss the one-on-one times we used to have. How about we go out for a, a drink tomorrow or, you know, on the weekend to actually turn it around to a positive thing and to express your desire to reconnect or to stay connected with your team, perhaps in a different way or asking them how they would like to do it, that kind of thing. The first few attempts might not work. You know, the team might actually have got used to being a bit disconnected from the parent, but, you know, so, so they might not respond immediately, you know, to the parents' initial attempts. So, so kind of reminding parents not to give up so quickly, you know, to keep trying, because obviously this is important to you and it's also important to your child. But yeah, so that, that's what we do in the first module. And then the second module is more about, you know, how do you know when you're kind of overstepping the line of, I just want to be involved in everything. I want to know everything about your life, you know, that kind of thing, but not withdrawing so much that your teenager actually doubts that you still care. But at the end of all this, in trying to walk the fine line as a parent, Kim provides a great perspective to keep in mind. It's not personal. 
it's it's not personal it's not a failing of me it's not a loss of a relationship i'm really excited to see the kids at these new stages to see them grow to have their unique and independent thoughts about things about the way they see the world i still remember that feeling of that separate almost separation that building of a new identity from your family unit from your central unit to all the weird and wonderful things that you would do the behaviors that you would i don't know show with your friends or how different you are it was exciting it was yeah it was independence it was completely different and i love that i want that for them because i can see their success so there you have it how to help keep those communication lines open between yourself and your teenager you might still feel like you're getting shut out but as we've said already it's okay this is a topic that we're going to keep coming back to throughout this podcast series because the relationship between yourself and your teen is incredibly important Look out for episode four, It's Okay If Your Teenager's Pushing the Boundaries, as well as our next episode, which we're going to discuss after we walk away for a minute and take a few deep breaths and then come back and talk about this calmly. It's up and down like a yo-yo. Maybe there's a moment where we do get to all sit down at dinner together, saying everybody just be calm. We know to back off and talk to him about things later. It's okay if you feel like you're walking on eggshells around your teenager on the next episode of Partners in Parenting. If you're interested in some more parenting resources to help you raise your teen with confidence, or you'd like to give the Partners in Parenting online program a try, head to the website at partnersinparenting.com.au. This podcast features experts Associate Professor Marie Yap and Psychologist and Research Fellow Mairead Cardamone-Breen, both from Monash University, and Emeritus Professor Tony Jorm from the Centre for Mental Health at the University of Melbourne. Special thanks goes to all the parent participants from the program who were willing to tell their stories. This podcast was produced on the traditional lands of the Bunurong people by Jetstreamer in conjunction with Action Lab at Monash University. For more information about the Partners in Parenting program or if you'd like to get involved, visit partnersinparenting.com.au.